Hello and welcome to the Fight for Top 6 podcast with me, Elle. And me, Elise. In this podcast, we will be talking about the results from the weekend's games. There have been some crazy results which have made a difference in the top half of the table. So the first game we're going to talk about is Burnley versus Arsenal, which which ended 1-1. What's your thoughts on this game, Elise? Well, Arsenal got in there early with a goal in the sixth minute by Aubameyang. So they were off to a good start. And to be fair, the whole first half of it was 100% Arsenal dominated. Saka had mo- multiple chances to score, but he just they couldn't seem to do it. Um, but then it was Burnley who got themselves on the score sheet with a mistake from Shaka, caused by the ball to go straight into Chris Wood's body, who scored his 40th goal on his 100th appearance. Arsenal was awarded a penalty in the second half, and Burnley almost had a player sent off for handball. But when it was taken to VAR, both were ruled out, which was lucky for Sean Dyche's team. Arsenal have only been able to keep one clean sheet in their last 11 games across all competitions this season. Their last being a nil-nil draw to Man U in January. So overall, I definitely think that it was definitely worth a draw. Like, both teams deserved it. I mean, Shaka made an absolutely terrible mistake. He tried to clear his ball across goal but literally kicked into Chris Wood's body and it went into the back of the net. So I definitely think from that mistake, Burnley obviously deserves something from that. But yeah, I feel for Shaka, he had so many chances that game and just none of them could seem to get into the back of the net. And then we go on to another draw on Saturday, Aston Villa versus Wolves, which was a nil-nil. Aston Villa were quick to try and get an early goal but Watkins' shot came off the bar. This didn't seem to stop Villa, though, because they had another shot minutes later that also hit the woodwork instead of going in the back of the net. In the first half, it was pretty even, to be fair. Like, neither team had a shot on target, but Villa definitely had the better of the chances that were made. Um, In the second half, Wolves took over from Aston Villa and hit the woodwork, but that was it. Like, neither team could score. Like, no-one wanted to... No one could seem to get it into the back of the net. And looking at the stats, the whole game was pretty even. Like, they basically had the same shots. It was like 9 to 10. And the possession was split uh, 94% to Aston Villa and 51% to Wolves. So that game was even at both ends and was definitely going to end in a draw. Considering it ended in a draw, I would have thought that Aston Villa would have tried to come away with three points especially being at home I know they have two games in hand but that's not the point if they want to try and get in the top six that is a game that they should have won especially being at home and then the next game we're going to talk about is Brighton versus Leicester Leicester came away with three points winning 2-1 at Brighton Elise what's your thoughts on this game even though lately Leicester have had obviously a lot of injuries, I think they have about eight players out at the moment. They are currently the club with the best away record in the league, only losing one game so far this season on the road. So obviously that's amazing. But then to conjure that, Brighton have the worst joint record at home. So looking at those stats alone, it was pretty clear from that that Leicester were going to come away with the three points. But it was quite surprising. It was Adam Lallana that got Brighton in the lead with their opening goal in the 10th minute. And, yeah, I just thought, oh, here we go. This could be Brighton's chance to get ahead. But Leicester had a lot of chances in the first half. Uh, One being an amazing shot that was saved by 
Brighton's keeper Sanchez, but it was Brighton that got close to another goal as well. Like it just seemed to be heavily Brighton and which would have been Lalana's second if he had scored it, but it came off the post. So the first half was definitely more Brighton. They had loads of shots on goal. Um, they also did actually score a second goal, but unfortunately for them, it was ruled offside. Leicester then got level with Brighton uh, with only half an hour left of the match. And it was really, it was like that was what they needed. They got that draw and I feel like that's what powered them to carry on going. Um, at one point, Bardi called for a penalty when he was taken down in the box. But VAR denied him that chance, but it didn't stop them. Like it was minutes after that incident that, Leicester got their winning goal to carry on their record on the road. But now we go on to probably the biggest shock of the weekend. Liverpool losing to Fulham 1-0 at home. Elle, how do we feel about this? Oh my God, it's literally like when I saw the result and when I was watching the game, I wasn't shocked, but I was obviously shocked at the same time. So Liverpool have been struggling, especially lately, and especially at home, but Fulham are hoping to escape the bottom half of the table. And Fulham have been playing well their past few games. So I thought, generally, I thought before the game, Liverpool, surely Liverpool can't come away with nothing from this game. Liverpool have lost their last five games at home and were obviously wishing for this to end on Sunday. However, Fulham turned up in the first half and they were more of the attacking team they was literally going forward like all the time. Like it was mainly Fulham and every time they was going forward, they looked like scoring. But Liverpool definitely had their chances, but there was just like no finishing touch to, at the end. But right on the 45th minute, Fulham took the league. They got a free kick and from the free kick, Mario Lamina was able to get the ball in the back of the net. I don't know if you saw, but you could see how much this meant to Fulham, like when they were celebrating and it just looked like, like, is this really going to happen? Like when is Liverpool really going to lose here to Fulham? But in the second half, Liverpool 100% came out more, but they just didn't look like they were going to score. And you could tell that Fulham just wanted this and needed this more than Liverpool. And Fulham literally stayed strong at the back and they were so defensive and there was times where I think like the ball hit the bar and they were so close. And I, I think the man of the match for that game probably would have been Fulham's goalkeeper because he did save like quite a few um, shots and stuff. But overall, that was obviously the biggest shock of the weekend. I don't think no one expected it, but with the way that Liverpool have been playing, it's not a shock if you run, if you get me. But it's just I'm happy for Fulham because it gives them more of a fight at the bottom of the table. Um, so we just have to see what happens next weekend and see if Liverpool can get a result. And then another shock, I think. Man United went away to Man City. Well, they didn't go far, but it was a, the Manchester derby and City were hoping for their 22nd successive win and Pep Guardiola made three changes. One of these changes was bringing John Stones back into the side and Martial came back into the side after an injury on his knee. I feel when I saw the lineup, I thought that both, both managers have made changes. Um, this could go either way. I felt like there was definitely going to be goals with how both teams are playing. But it did not take Man United 
longed to take the lead as Jesus brought down Marshall just on the inside of the box. And straight away, you saw the ref literally point to the spot and it didn't even have to go to VAR. And you obviously know that Bruno Fernandes has scored a few penalties this season. So it was very highly likely that he was going to score and he did. And that got the derby started very early in the second minute. But I think after that, Man City just literally didn't look confident. They were literally not confident at the back and they was like slipping up and the defenders just looked all over the place, to be honest. And someone who shocked me as well was De Bruyne. In, his, in the first half, he literally gave the ball away like quite a few times. And considering like that was such a big game for both teams, you would have thought that especially De Bruyne would have like stepped up his game. But I feel like it was a pretty good game from both sides. Um, there was definitely like, there was both going forward, um, but it just wasn't enough from City's perspective. But the second half was not much different from the first half. But Luke Shaw did make it 2-0 in the 50th minute, which was his second goal ever in the Premier League, which I was quite shocked about. I thought he, I feel like he had scored a few more, but considering he's been quite playing quite a lot for Man United. But after the second goal, City just did not look like scoring. And I was actually quite disappointed considering where they are in the league and how they've been playing and their run and stuff. I just thought, I was just shocked. And I just honestly didn't see it coming. I thought maybe a draw, um, but I was obviously more in City's favour. But Man United have just proved that game that they can come out and be a good side. So... I think it's very, very good on Man United's perspective and they're obviously going to hope that something happens and they can try and fight for the title, which I'm very highly likely is not going to happen. And then Spurs versus Palace. Oh my God, 4-1. And I can't believe it. Gareth Bale had a few goals as well. At least what's your thoughts on that one? Obviously, being a Spurs fan, I was incredibly happy with that. He made... A couple changes to the team. I know Harry Winks got in there, which I was very happy about. I'm a big fan of his, but he hasn't been playing as much. So I was glad that he got in there and got a game. But obviously, <laughs> star of the show at the moment. We talk about him a lot, but Gareth Bale showed in that game very early on that he has found his place in that Spurs team. He put in a lovely cross to Sun, but unfortunately he went straight into the keeper's hands. But like it didn't stop him. Like Bale was on it and really wanted to get on that score sheet. And once again, with an assist from Harry Kane, he managed to get on there and put it up to 1-0 to Spurs. And it was absolutely amazing. But then, as usual, the typical disappointment of Spurs, they always have to let a goal in. And mm -hmm. it was right at the end of the first half that Crystal Palace managed to get one past Larice and made it 1-1 at halftime. And honestly, I was sat there thinking, right, this is it. We're done. It's going. They're going to find a way to get a last-minute goal. Crystal Palace are going to walk away with all three points. But I was very much proven wrong. But I was very happy. Bow got Tottenham back in the lead again with a header from a Harry Kane assist. Harry Kane put the ball in. Bow got the header and in the back of the net, and it was like, yes, all right, here we go. We're back in it. And obviously, Harry Kane was like, no, I just don't want to be an assist. I want to get on that score sheet myself. And he scored an absolutely amazing goal that was just like, oh, my God, yes, like, this is the Tottenham I love watching. And then to finish it all off, 
Kane got in there with another goal, which came from a team play in the lead up. And it was just like, yes, this is Tottenham. And looking at the stats, like the whole game was very Tottenham dominated. And in my opinion, probably a bit biased, they did deserve to win. But obviously, we have spoken about Bow so much in the last couple of weeks. And I think it started off as not most positive thing we're talking about is he was the only kind of just like a money kind of thing like he isn't bringing much to the team but I definitely think over the last couple of games Bow is turned into the bow that all Spurs fans wanted and were hoping for when he joined he has scored I think he scored in most of his last appearances and he's not only scored but he has helped contribute to a load of the goals as well and overall, I was very happy with the performance on Sunday. And Spurs are obviously making their way up the table, finally. We finally got out of that ninth space and announced it in, in seventh. And yeah, I'm happy. We're not that far off, I don't believe now. So I am very, very happy with Spurs' performances. But then on Monday, I'm sure you, Elle, are also very happy with your team's performance after winning 2-0 at home to Everton. Yeah, of course I'm very happy. Um, probably would have been even happier if you guys wasn't so close to us. <laughs> um, but obviously, as we know, that Tuchel makes changes every single game. He hasn't had the same start in 11 in a game yet, but that's just something we're getting used to. Um but Carlo Ancelotti put Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin up front. And when I saw both lineups, I thought this is either going to be like a nil-nil game or there's going to be goals. Um, I didn't, I honestly thought that before the game that Everton was going to score just because they are like an attacking team and they do go, they do do really well, like going forward. Um, but Tuchel started Havertz. I think it's not 100% sure, but it's definitely one of his first starts in the Premier League under Tuchel and all Chelsea fans seeing that would have wanted him to play well. So overall from the game, Everton only had 34% possession with only one shot on target compared to Chelsea's nine. Um, Edward Mendy pretty much had nothing to do in the second half. It seemed Everton just didn't turn up considering like they needed to come away with three points and if they did, they would have gone above us. But in the first half, Chelsea was literally like, they were so good. They was like, it was like watching like a, every game has been completely different. And this game was just so attacking. The passes was literally great. Um, I don't think that there was one player that actually played bad, but obviously one player that stood out from that game was Kai Havertz. He did get on the score sheet, but then when being looked at afterwards, it did come down to an own goal. Um, by Ben Godfrey and which was definitely a shame because they celebrated it as if Kai Havertz scored it and you could tell that it meant a lot to him and definitely for his confidence but it didn't take long for him to then get the ball in the net again in the second half but that got ruled out for being handball and then not long after that goal got taken away from Chelsea Havertz then won a penalty um, he got taken down by Jordan Pickford which was so like, it was 100% of foul and you just knew we was getting that penalty. But then it was a case of who was taking it. Jorginho obviously stepped up. He is our penalty taker, but sometimes it gets mixed around. And 
Jorginho just done his hop skip thing and he he scored, but which made it 2-0 at 60 at, in the 63rd minute. But I think overall, I'm shocked and disappointed with Everton because I thought that they were gonna like turn up considering where they are. If they come away with three points, they would have gone above us. And that would have been such a big game for them because then they also have a game in hand. Um, but like overall, from a Chelsea fan's point of view, the whole game was was literally such an entertaining game. Werner had chances. Just the whole team was just playing good. We were so much quicker, the pace, and like it felt like we had like definitely more of a plan in that game, and there was the structure. But being where we are now, being in fourth place. I feel like the teams behind us do have games in hand, so we can't get our hopes up and we've just got to make sure that we keep we keep getting the three points because with how the table is right now, anything can literally happen. And it wasn't long before West Ham creeped up. I think we was I think it was like 20 minutes, we was a few points ahead of them. And then West Ham was playing Leeds just after us and they came away with the three points. It was a, obviously a big game for West Ham because it's if they get top four, it's just going to be such a big thing for them. And I'm surprised that West Ham didn't score earlier on because they was playing so well. But they was awarded a penalty in the 21st minute, which Jesse Lingard took. And the Leeds goalkeeper actually saved it, but he wasn't able to keep hold of the ball. And Lingard was able to put it in the back of the net. He was so quick, and which made it 1-0. But then it was not long after that that Craig Dawson then got West Ham second. And that is what the result ended in 2-0. But Leeds, Leeds was literally great as well. They literally tried. I honestly thought in the second half that Leeds was going to score. But they just they just struggled to. But they definitely looked like scoring. But just that finishing touch just wasn't in that game. Leeds had 65% possession with 17 shots created. And I feel like... That was just a really good result for West Ham because they probably would have counted that as like quite a tough game because West Ham have been doing really well away from home lately. Um, but yeah, it's as a Chelsea fan, that was obviously not our result that we wanted, but it is what it is. And it just makes the title so much, the, the league, sorry, so much more entertaining. So after the weekend's results, Chelsea are fourth, West Ham are behind them. And then Everton are, are in sixth place, which is followed by Tottenham and Liverpool. As it stands, Everton and West Ham have a game in hand, which could be really big for them because the result, if they get results in that game, then it's literally the title, the table sorry, is going to be so, so, so close, like so tight. So after the weekend, at least, after all of the games, who do you think... How do you think the table's going to look? Who do you think is going to be from the first place to the sixth place? If you had to put it in order, who do you think, which teams do you think is going to be up there? Because that is, I, I honestly don't know, but I can give my prediction. It's such a hard one because it seems like everything is just getting closer and closer. I mean, obviously a given, but obviously Man City, they've got it. They're 11 points ahead. That's an easy one. I don't think they're going to mess up enough for that to change I think they've got that in the bag that's sorted United and Leicester however there's like there's one point in that like that could change weekly they could just keep 
going. I think I would say, I would say Man United. Then you go down. Oh, I don't know, because it's like even if you drop out of the top six, it's like Spurs are only a point off of top six at the moment. And obviously West Ham, Everton and Spurs are all on 27 games. So all of them have still got a game in hand. But it could, oh, it's just so difficult. But I would say maybe what it is at the moment, I would go for. Right? So, Seeing how people are playing and stuff. I think I would... As much as I want Spurs to pip Everton and to West Ham to go back where they belong at the bottom, <laughs> I think I would stick for where it is at the moment. So you think it's going to be City, United, Leicester, Chelsea, West Ham, Everton? Tottenham. Yeah. So my opinions on the table right now and where I feel like teams are going to finish, I feel like City is definitely going to win it. Um, they probably feel like they're going to win it, so they're going to want to carry on and just like take it to the end. I feel after that, it is honestly so close because it literally takes one loss and and then like for Chelsea to win and then they go above Leicester or something. But I feel like in second place, it probably will be Man United. But I'm not going to lie with the way that Chelsea's playing, the way that Leicester's playing. Mm. And we, it's proven that Man United can lose because especially the game when they played Palace and they wasn't able to score. I feel like Chelsea can come second. Is that being like, I feel like that's being really positive, but I'm just trying to be positive. But then that would obviously, it depends on like how West Ham and Everton play in their games in hand. So I'm going to go, this is very like crazy. I'm going to go Man City, Chelsea, United, West Ham, Leicester, then Spurs. So I feel like Spurs will make the top six. If anything, I feel like they could even finish fifth. I really hope. (laughs) I'm sure you do. I think something that's a shock, though, is neither of us have put the champions from last season anywhere near top six. Obviously, they exactly. haven't been. Yeah, they haven't been playing their best. It's mad to think last season you were so like high up there. You were winning. You were having all these amazing games, and now was... I think time last season they near enough. They only had to win a few more games, and they'd won yeah. it. It's mad to think now they're sitting eighth, two points below Spurs, but Aston Villa are only three points below them, mm-hmm. and with Aston, games in hand. Yeah, with games in hand. It's not looking very good for Liverpool at the moment. One team that I'm happy that is not up there is Arsenal. Um, They just don't look like... They're not even close. Like, they're not going to finish in the top six. And if for some miracle they do, I'll be honestly so shocked. But it seems like Arsenal fans are happy. They've not even... They're like... They're just happy. I ain't seen no criticism on Arsenal right now. And where they are is so bad for them. They're like... They should be fighting for at least top six, let alone top four so I just think it's like crazy but it's lovely to see as a Chelsea fan and I'm sure it is for you too 100% it's like they just have no kind of consistency like they're not like on any winning streak or anything like they lose a game they win a game they lose a game obviously they drew and it's just yeah there just doesn't seem to be any fight but like you said there's no 
like if this was when Wenger is in it would be, always be Wenger out Wenger out but it's like you don't hear anything like you always hear Arsenal fan TV piping up about something but I haven't heard anything it all just seems to be quite quiet and they do just seem to be content with where they are so that is it from us today join us on Friday at 6 p.m where we will be discussing the games ahead of match week 28 with a North London derby on Sunday and a big game for Manchester United and West Ham on Sunday and head over to our Twitter page at fight for top six to get involved in some of the polls that we have going on We have one for you to decide on who you think will end up in the top four and another one for you to decide who you think will end up in second.